0: Hey, this is Chad Brown. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com.
1: Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Chad and Nate. Matt Smith and James Merillat in for Chad and Nate on this Thursday morning in the middle of july it's a nice day out there today james it's not too hot out there i'm i'm enjoying that at least for right now
2: well it's 10 a.m i mean right. can you give it a little while
1: <laughs> well i don't know if you heard earlier but <laughs> i was up at the crack of dawn you know like 8 a.m having to do a spot with uh Stink and zach this morning so i've been up you know i milked oh, the chickens boy. and i uh you know got the eggs from the cows i think that's how it goes right <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah that's that's a that's a grueling day you got there matt
1: yeah it was it was it certainly was um James, the update on Nazem Kadri, We have one, and we've okay. been waiting for one. And you and I had a very interesting discussion a little bit earlier about Naz that I kind of want to get back to here in a minute. But the update on Kadri coming from Adrian Dater. He tweeted 35 minutes ago, quote, I still think the Avs are very much in it for Kadri, but things could still go the other way. The Avs would need to move some salary out to make that work. He then tweeted out, I'm more optimistic Kadri comes back to the Avs now lots of moving parts though but i like the odds better a couple of league sources are saying he wants to come back to the avalanche what is your immediate reaction there on that
2: well it's encouraging uh my grade would go from a c to an a if they were able to get nazem kadri back uh if really your only significant loss and i don't i would put significant in quotes was darcy Kemper, then then fine i, I, right. I think that'd be a really good offseason so that would be great news and you know there are moving parts here and to me the moving part is listen we'll trade away sam gerard and open up the the salary uh the salary cap room to to, to re-sign you if you'll re-sign here what you don't want to do if you're uh, if you're the avs is trade away gerard and then kadri signs you know somewhere right. else and right. you're right. left holding the bag so you know you have to trade you have to make the trade first but you have to know step 2 is a done deal that's the part of it here that I think is, is going on. That's the moving part. So that's why it's taken uh, a little longer than normal in the NHL. Like, you know, if in the NBA and, and, and NFL, he goes on seemingly forever. In, in the NHL, usually it's like a one-day deal. So now we're into day two. Uh, I, I, I'm encouraged by that. That would be great. That would be absolutely fantastic news. And if they can pull that off, uh, kudos to uh, kudos to, to Joe Sackick and, and McFarlane. That would be awesome.
1: So is the C grade really fair if, if, yes. quadra, if one person can change the, change the grade by two-letter well, grades?
2: you know what? Then maybe it's, it's still a B. You know what? It, you're, you're right. It's still a B plus because they have not redone McKinnon's deal. We Steel. did it, folks. We did it, folks. They have not Rejoice redone Rejoice in McKinnon the vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say? It, it, they have not redone McKinnon's deal, so it's a B plus. It's okay. a B plus.
1: Okay. All right. I I got excited
2: about about the proposition of of Qadri coming back, and that would be great, and it would move the grade a, a ton. Um, but they're not. Oh, I thought priority. we I
1: thought we were moving it up from a C to a B. No, we're uh, not. We're still at a C.
2: No, we're going from a C to a B plus. But they have not. <laughs> They've not done the thing that they need to do. Okay. Um, but getting back Kadri bringing back most of the important pieces from the cup winning champion uh, cup cup winning team is. Uh, it's great. That'd be a great offseason, and they would you know, be the prohibitive favorites to win it again, and they would put themselves in position to, uh, I think they have a great chance of becoming the first team in four decades to win three straight. Well, they're already the prohibitive favorites,
1: James. They already are for the mm, third it, straight year, yep. per Vegas. After per free Vegas.
2: agency, we got to see where, where everything lands.
1: There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. So I, I, I wanted to bring that up because – the thing that the avalanche can do they can spend the the hard cap is 82 million so the way the nhl works is you can spend up to 90 million as long as you are down to 82 by opening night which allows for teams to bring you know guys in at the uh, for training camp and and evaluate and make some moves there so while i will say that yes they will have to move some salary out it does not technically have to happen before they agree to a deal with Kadri now. Conventional wisdom would think that it would happen, and I think that they would probably make that happen. But as you're saying, you don't want to make a move and then turn around and you know get ready to sign a deal with Nas and oh my gosh, he's off to Seattle, right? Like right. that can't happen. That can't happen. So I actually think that there may be maybe more of an encouraging sign that that happens, James. Uh, it is time for the next word in our fast lane to Cheyenne. We are giving away the grand prize of the year with tickets to Jason Aldean, Dirks Bentley, Kid Rock, Brooks and Dunn, Nellie, and several more at Cheyenne Frontier Days. Your next word is Russ. Again, that word, Russ. Listen to Stoke and Zach later today for your next word to be in the fast lane to Cheyenne, James. So, yeah, when we we look back at this at this avalanche offseason at the moment in time and I and I look at these these this cadre news from Dater and and him talking to different league sources about it. I am encouraged because as we saw yesterday, there were some teams who would have been in bidding for his services in Detroit, right in New York, possibly in Pittsburgh, they all signed centers. So the market... I saw at the end of the day having slimmed down from what it was when free agency opened at 10 a.m. Mountain Time yesterday. So I actually believe Adrian Dater here and not that I'm saying I actually believe Adrian Dater. No, it's I, I really do believe that it is, a, it is a possibility because for Cadre, you have to evaluate it, James. How many times have we seen athletes at this stage in their career on the other side of 30 with young children choose to come to Colorado and actually stay because it's a great place to be and a great place to raise a family so i'm encouraged james i really am and if the avs can get cadre done like you mentioned i mean that's one of the best off seasons i can remember in any sport in a long time james
2: well it'll be they will have done a great job of keeping most of the band together and that's not easy in any sport when you win a title it's even more difficult in a sport with a hard cap um, it, you know it's, it's difficult when you win a title because people are coming at, coming after your players. They want to tap into the mojo. They'll tend to overpay, and you also end up with uh, some guys who probably think, "Hey, I want I, I want to go be the, the the star somewhere else as opposed to you know a, a B or a C guy here." I don't think that's the situation with the players have, that have left. I think it was just financial. And hey, I don't begrudge him. You can't turn down if Seattle's going to throw you huge money, and I think it was Berkey, right, that went to Seattle, yes, um, sir. you can't turn that down. But it is very difficult to keep a championship team together in modern sports because of salary cap and, and all those things. So it will have been a tremendous job by the Avs if they get Cadre. If they if they don't re-sign Cadre and they don't replace him, it's been a mediocre offseason for for Joe Sackick and company.
1: Hmm. I, I just I'm not going to go that far, not nearly that far. But I understand because this is a guy who had over 100 points combined, regular and postseason. And James, one thing that stuck out to me at the parade was just how much Nas has ingratiated himself into the community around here. And I think there is something to be said for him for the fact that he has the love and support from the city he plays in. Really, James, for the first time in his career, don't you yeah. think that has to matter for something?
2: Yeah. For sure. I, you know, I think the way things ended in Toronto were wasn't great. Um you know, I wouldn't say he was public enemy number 1, but he was certainly he was close. Yeah, I mean, it, it, he was on the he was the guy that was getting the finger pointed at him for why the the Maple Maple Leafs had come up short. So, um yeah, I think that that's got to be kind of nice, right? Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be embraced and you know, when you're when you're that guy playing that role, that doesn't happen um, everywhere you go, so I think that helps. Now, is that going to you know make a difference if he's getting you know fifty percent the offer here that he's getting elsewhere? No, but does that get you a little bit of a hometown discount? Probably. Plus, you know what else is fun? Winning's fun, and you know going to parades and getting up in front of everybody and giving speeches and you know drinking out of the cup like that would be the thing that would uh, entice me more than anything, obviously. And you know you're going to have that opportunity here. So if the money is close. Why relocate your family? Why, why you know, try and uh, settle in and, and get a new fan base to, to embrace you? Just stay where you're at. It, it, it's a great situation, so hopefully they can find a way to, uh, to get that done.
1: Yeah, and you just look at a group of guys that you'd want to play with, like right. from from a hockey perspective. I mean, getting to play with some of this talent in McKinnon and McCarr, it makes the game fun. Like we heard a story yesterday that Helmer came, Darren Helm came into this past season thinking it was going to be his last, and I believe it was Peter Baugh, the Athletic, who put it in his article. And I do believe it was why we didn't see Helm signed immediately on that Tuesday with Cogliano. I think Helm just took took a week or so to decide whether or not he still wanted to play, but Helm decided he wanted to play. And they brought him back for another year. And when you have guys who have played so much hockey in their careers, James, coming back to the organization and saying, you have rejuvenated my interest in the game and my love of the game. And I'm having so much fun here. I don't want it to stop. I think we're also seeing that a bit with Nas.
2: Yeah, for sure. And Eric Johnson probably falls into that category, too, right? No doubt. No doubt. Great thing about retiring before the season. And that was money that everybody thought would come off the books and they'd have more to spend. Well, it's still there because by all uh, appearances, he's coming back. So I think he falls into that. And I think, you know, some of these guys, especially when you're in your 30s and you've been around and you've talked to players on other teams and you come to that realization that, hey, the, the grass isn't always greener. And again, money does change things. And that's not that's not a knock on guys who go after the money because it's uh it, it's life-changing type of dollars and sets you and your family up for uh for good if you're smart with it. So, uh, I I don't like I say I don't begrudge that at all, but if the numbers are close and you're in a great situation and you know it, why on earth would you leave? Like that that's just asking for it to uh to blow up and to be problematic. So, again it's not, you're not going to give a huge discount, but you give a a small or a um you know a slight hometown discount yeah probably because you're you're on a team that's a heck of a lot of fun to play on they win you're in a great market the fans have embraced you it's an amazing place to raise a family. Why on earth would you leave unless it was just a mind boggling deal
1: if they had to move Sam Gerard to make it happen would that change your perception of it
2: no, not at all not at yeah. all and I like yeah. Sam Gerard but Sam Gerard's a He's a he's yep. a he's a nice player. He's not a great player.
1: I agree with you completely there as well. James, I've got some really tough decisions to make, and if you don't mind, buddy, I could use your help. Okay. If you're if you're open to it.
2: So well, we'll yeah, I'm do... a bit of a sage. I don't even know the category, but I can be the sage.
1: Oh, no doubt about it. As long as you know a little bit about everything, you're an expert <laughs> in everything. So I appreciate it. You're gonna give me some advice next on Denver Sports Station 1043 the Fan. You're listening to Chad and Nate on Denver Sports Station 1043 the Fan. DMX guy, RIP, by the way. Hi, James. <laughs> huge, huge. <laughs> huge, yeah. huge. Uh, Matt Smith and James Merrillat. Filling in for Chad and Nate this morning. Obviously, the news of the day that Kadri and the Avalanche don't count it out yet, James. That's what we're hearing from our fans, Avalanche insider Adrian Dater. But it's before the, the rumor break of the day, it's not. It's the, the radio. excuse me. So, well, honestly, to me, it's the news because I can't believe they're still even in the discussion. So okay. that they're in the discussion to me is news. I, I, I had written the them off.
2: It's the, no. I, I, I'm with you. If you did, at the start of the show. You know, we were talking abs, and if you'd have said, "Hey, do you think he's coming back?" I'd have said, "No." Uh, right, me uh, too. And I would have been really um, feeling pretty good about that that prediction. So now I'd be disappointed if he doesn't come back. So we we flipped it in, uh, the, in the span of what an hour and fifteen minutes. That's that's mm-hmm. that's great to hear, but uh, it's still a rumor until something got to get started. it
1: across the finish line, exactly. baby. Got to finish it They're at the gotta one get yard line. Can't
2: fumble. Can't Drew lock this thing in the red zone. <laughs> You
1: can't pass. you got to hand it off to Marshawn Lynch, don't you know, James? Um, so I told you before the break we needed uh, I needed some advice from you, okay. and I do, and I do. I've got a fantasy football league starting up here early, and this year the Broncos are fantasy relevant, James, and I'm curious, as I'm targeting players, who do I need to be looking at for the Denver Broncos? Because I think I have an idea of guys that I want to take, but at the same time, I think this could be a little bit more of an open-ended question until we actually see things play out on the field, right? I mean, James, if we think about it, the last, what, six years, if you're trying to draft somebody, there's really, I mean, who are you going to take from the Broncos outside of maybe, what, Melvin Gordon that, that would actually be a consistent producer for you?
2: Brandon McManus, and that was it. There you go. There that you was go, it. and like, you're right. Uh, yeah. Y- yeah. If, if you were starting a Bronco or a lot of Broncos the last four or five years in your uh, on a consistent basis, you did not have a very good fantasy team.
1: That's this year, what I'm saying.
2: this year it's going to be different. So you came to the right guy. I will be. Uh, this will be my thirty fifth season of fantasy football. started the, Started our league in nineteen eighty eight, Matt. So I've been I've been at this a while. So I'm, I'm here to I'm here to help you.
1: Did you have to mail your picks to each other in nineteen eighty eight? No, but <it> was, <laughs> was know, we carry your all, pigeon.
2: We used to all get together and have a draft, you know, now it's all on the computer and it would take like hours, you know, when you're in person. And now, you know, the thing finishes cause you're just doing it, you know, at the click of a button, it takes like an hour and fifteen minutes. But we used to all get together. I used to have to get up as the commissioner on Monday morning and do the scores by hand via the newspaper. Wow. So like, you know, that's that's, that's uh, brutal. Yeah. Okay,
1: boomer
2: <laughs> <laughs> fever. That's how long I've been at this. So let's uh let's go. We going guy by guy or what are you looking for advice wise here?
1: Well, let's start, let's start with guys you think are, first of all, fantasy relevant. Obviously, Russell Wilson is among that. Now, the last few seasons, James, when we look at Russell Wilson, I mean, you could probably count on maybe a few rushing touchdowns, you know, every other week, and, you know, you get a pretty consistent contribution. But, James, I actually think Russell Wilson could be a better fantasy quarterback than he's been at any point in his career. Would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, I think he's going to throw for 4,000-plus yards and 35-plus touchdowns. I think he's going to have a huge year. I think he's going to be – I think it was Brock Heward. We were doing a, um, a war room down at Brothers, and he talked about how this is the most motivated Russ is going to be. And and, and I, I agree. He wants to prove Seattle wrong. And it's not that he's not going to be motivated in every other season here in Denver and hasn't been motivated in Seattle, but this year it's different. So I think he's going to – barring injury, and that's always the caveat for all these guys, he is going to have a monster Monster year.
1: I think there is a little bit more to it as well because if you look at the weapons that he has at his disposal, I think you can make the easy argument that this is the most he's ever had. I mean, you look up and down this receivers list, right? Sutton, Patrick, Judy, Hamler, Okwebonam, and then you look at running backs. You got Williams and Gordon. The last few years, you drafted Chris Carson, Russell's running back, and he was hurt by week two. James, so yeah, yeah. I, I think you're. I think you got it spot on there, man. I think this is a guy. ESPN has them ranked as the tenth fantasy quarterback this year but i could see russ finishing in the top five no problem
2: i'm 100 with you if you get him if he's the 10th quarterback off the board in your league and you and you land him you got yourself great value that's a steal okay so Wilson's on my list
1: is guys if if I can't land and to be honest with you I mean normally and, and the way I the way I do it is we run two quarterbacks and two flexes in this league which for me is a ton of fun because like you mentioned we've been playing fantasy for a while you need something a little bit different and you know there's tons of flex players out there instead of having your receivers sit on the bench for
2: you know 18 weeks what kind of league is, is, is this like the football scene in Top Gun Maverick where they're playing with two footballs like what's going on <laughs> are
1: you so you're you're not you're not you would not play if i invited you to play in this league you're not going to play in this league with two quarterbacks and two flexes
2: well it's not because of the rules i have a i just have oh, this thing okay. where i it's only play in one league because I, right, like, right, I don't like right. to watch a game and be like well that helped me in one league and hurt me like that sort of defeats the purpose to me of fantasy football so i am adamant about uh i'm a i'm a one league guy you're a one league guy
1: how long is the waiting list for that league
2: it's. Uh, I tell you what, it is tough to get in. We are sixteen. We're sixteen team league too. So. Oh,
1: is that fun though? I mean, it's, honestly, a, it's a bit they're...
2: much. It's a bit much, but yeah. Um, yeah. you know, for free agents becomes a, a crapshoot. So you know, we had to put yeah. in the um the salary cap thing. where you only get so many dollars that you can spend on your free agents and stuff like that. 16's too many, but uh, you know, you can't you can't cut people no definitely not so let's look at running back
1: uh Javante Williams you know we kind of thought well is this guy going to be the bell cow you know but Melvin Gordon has been the consistent touchdown producer you know over his time in Denver James so when I look at it I am a little surprised that ESPN has Javante Williams at the 11th ranked running back in fantasy football and Melvin Gordon all the way down at 35 James
2: yeah I mean it's it's strange to me there's certainly figuring that it's going to be Javante Williams and Melvin as the backup. But a year ago, their yardage was virtually the same, and Melvin got in the end zone a lot more. So I I, I want to see how this shakes out. I actually think, uh, look, if they hadn't brought Melvin Gordon back, if it was Javante Williams, Mike Boone, and some guy they took in the fifth round, I think Javante Williams would have been a, a top six or seven running back heading into heading into the season but they brought melvin gordon back for a reason right and he had a really good year here uh right. a year ago in terms of uh of splitting carries so i think they're planning on doing the exact same thing again this year so i, I think they should be probably both what 15 16 somewhere in there um, yeah
1: definitely not 11 and 35 That no, is way no. too big of that a difference that makes no
2: sense to me they're both you know they both rushed for 900 yards last year and Melvin got in the end zone more. So I don't like the fact that they brought back Melvin Gordon, and I like Melvin Gordon, and I think he's the better back right now. But I wanted to see what Javante Williams could do as the bell cow, as the workhorse, and for whatever reason, the Broncos seemingly don't want to do that. Uh, and, I, and I think that's a mistake. But, yeah, unless he's, the, unless he's the guy getting 65 70% of the carries, I don't know how he's the 11th running back in the league in terms of fantasy value.
1: So if it gets to the sixth round and I still need another starting running back and I've got Javante Williams staring at me, I want you to tell me if I should draft this guy and who the Broncos receivers most likely to pop off this season are, James. We'll do it next on Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan. Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan presents Chad and Nate. Matt Smith and James Merrillat in this morning for Chad and Nate. James, before the break, we were talking about how, for the first time in a while, you're actually going to be able to draft Broncos in your fantasy league and may still have a chance to win, which is exciting. So uh, we we spoke about uh, Russell Wilson and his production. We talked about Javante and Melvin. But if I'm looking and I need a running back and it's sixth round and I still need a starter and Javante Williams is there, is Javante Williams a guy that I should target? Or is that too much of a risk, James? Because you look at two guys who split carries literally right down the middle last year and we still don't know if this is a backfield by committee or if Javante Williams is going to be the bell cow, maybe take 75% of the snaps. I mean, for me, James, and you tell me how you feel about it, but for me to draft a running back... I really do not like to look at guys who are operating within committees, James. I really try and avoid that as much as I can. But the problem is, is the NFL has moved further and further that direction. And the amount of bell cows, technical bell cows left in the league, you can probably count them on one hand.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And, and, you know, going through that ESPN list of the, the top running backs in the league and Javante was 10th, Uh, in in that list, it's like, okay, these are basically the eight or nine guys that were ahead of him who actually are the bell cow. Um, It's a handful anymore. It is how the league has changed. So, yeah, I think Javante is probably a good bet. Uh, I I do think of the two, he has the better chance to emerge as the bell cow. Like, I don't think Melvin Gordon is going to play that role unless Javante gets hurt. I think the most likely scenario is they split carries again, and it's a lot like last year. I think the second most likely option is Javante becomes the guy, and Melvin either isn't on this roster or he's a backup, which I think could be problematic. I think the least likely scenario is Melvin's the guy and Javante's the backup. So, is it worth a flyer? Sure. Um, for you know, I, I I think that's a that's a, a safe one to to make. But do I think he's a you know, a, a top ten, or I think what ESPN had him at eleventh in terms of running backs. So I think he's at that point, not yet, because there's just too many unknowns.
1: I agree with you completely. I wouldn't draft him, James. Actually, I really, I, I don't think I would. I, I don't think you can count on that consistently enough, because as we're about to talk about, the Broncos have a bunch of different options, and depending upon what works each week, it may be a different guy every week. And I actually think this is the most talented offense that Russell Wilson has been a part of, James, and, and some people out there might scoff at it, but if you look at it, they're really deep. I mean, you're, you're deep at receiver. Tight end is a bit of a question mark, but James, in Russell Wilson Wilson's career, he's only targeted zero to 10 yards 25% of the time. That's not where he's looking. He's looking to go deep and throw the ball down the field. So if you're looking for possession receivers and guys, you know, who can pick you up five to six yards on a short out route or something like that, that's really never been where Russell Wilson has targeted. So that's number one. I want to move along to the receivers because, you know, with that having been said, I think there's a bunch of different options you can go. I mean, Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton got big money deals, but I'm not necessarily sure those guys would be at the top of my list. And I do have one, and I've got a reason for it. But if you were to look at the Broncos wide receiver group on the whole, who has the potential for the biggest breakout campaign, thus being a very good person to have on your fantasy team?
2: Well, Jerry Judy's the answer to that question, but he's also a guy who had zero touchdowns a right, year so Right. Right, right. That's like the easiest. I mean, he could get one, and it's a breakout year. Um. So I, I do. I, I do agree with you, though. Like I, I kind of look at this and think if you and it is. It's going to be interesting to see because I don't think this is going to be a one third, one third, one third. I think somebody's going to emerge as the DK Metcalf, and somebody's going to uh, emerge as the Tyler Lockett. I think Cortland's DK, and I think Jerry Judy's going to be Tyler Lockett. I think Jerry Judy's going to have a big year. Doesn't mean I think Tim Patrick's going to have a bad season, but. I, you know, I don't think their tight ends, just to jump ahead a little bit here, are going to have very yeah. big numbers. They typically don't with Russell Wilson other than the one year with Jimmy Graham. And I think almost Tim Patrick is going to put up tight end-type numbers in this offense as the third guy. But I think your, your two to target would be Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. And I think Jerry Judy is going to end up having better numbers as, by the time the season comes to an end. Now, that's, a, that's an extrapolation because, again, he's coming off a season in which he had zero Zero, which is crazy, touchdowns. But uh, I, I put most of that on Pat Shermer. I put some of it on the quarterbacks. I mean, Courtland Sutton and Tim Patrick were able to uh, put up some numbers with those quarterbacks, but I think it's on Pat Shermer. I don't think you're going to see him. You're not going to see Jerry Judy running a lot of fake jet sweeps this year.
1: Yeah, and then when they finally give it to him, they don't account account for a hat on the hat on the other side, and it gets blown up in the backfield. Yeah, that's not going to happen.
2: Such a poorly designed offense. That's one of the many reasons, you know, I was on with Tyler the other day, and he's a little bit more pessimistic about this team, and it's not really pessimistic, just kind of a wait-and-see approach and thinks they may start off slow, and it's, oh, it's new coaching staff. I I mean, seriously, Matt, could it be worse? Could it be worse than the financial manager and Tom McMahon?
1: Yeah, not that I can see. Yeah. As bad as Nathaniel Hackett could potentially be, it's not going to be as bad as it was last year. They would year. be
2: they would that, have been better off last year almost with just letting the letting the players call the plays and not having Pat Shermer involved. Like it, the 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 <laughs> game he missed due to COVID like it was like a a, a blessing in disguise. Yeah, there's
1: no doubt about it. Here's why I think Jerry Judy is the receiver to target for the Denver Broncos. Last year, Jerry Judy led the league in what is called target separation, meaning on the throws made to Jerry Judy, on his targets, he had the most separation from his man than any other receiver in the entire league last year. There are so many times I go back and I watch the film, you know, on a Monday or a Tuesday of Sunday's game, and I'm just like, oh, my God, he missed that. Oh, my God lock or Bridgewater missed that right yeah. there were so yeah. many different plays and it's like oh if you would have just gotten Judy the ball there so Judy was the number one receiver in the league in target separation yeah that's, a, that's
2: an interesting number and I but I hold on let telling. me give you
1: the more let me give you the more interesting number okay 73rd in the league in target accuracy James 73rd in the amount of times the ball was accurately thrown to him. And now the Broncos do have a quarterback, and as you mentioned, Tyler Lockett is stylistically very much similar to Jerry Judy. So we know Russell Wilson's first look isn't 0-10 to yards, and we know they have a receiver who has a lot to prove, like you just mentioned, zero touchdowns, but this is a guy where you look at numbers like that and if you're trying to project a breakout season, I think at the receiving core, he is the most likely candidate.
2: Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And, and, you know, we had a, a column today. Sean Drotar wrote it at denverfan.com, and I, I think it's interesting, and he talks about Russell Wilson needs to change his game and, you know, get rid of the ball quicker and take the short throw and, you know, avoid hits, and I'm reading it, and it's it, he makes a valid point, but I'm like, well, no, I don't want him to come here and try to be Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. I don't. I, I want him to, you know, try to make the big plays, and, you know, you, you can't bubble wrap everybody. And, oh, my God, he may get hurt. You know what? He may get hurt throwing a short pass, too. All right? So right. I, I think he needs to be the, the quarterback he's been throughout his first ten years. And I think if he is, that's going to lend itself to big plays. And if you said, okay, which guy on this receiving core is going to have the most big plays? Well, K.J. Hamler is going to have a few but because he's the fastest guy. But he's not going to be on the field enough to lead the team. It's going to be Jerry Judy. So I want to see Russell Wilson be Russell Wilson. And I want to see him help Jerry Judy blossom. And it's the year, right? It is the year right. for Jerry Judy. Because if he doesn't do it, then all of a sudden he goes into that last year or, or the the year where they gotta make a decision on a fifth year option. You're not gonna you're not gonna pick it up. And at some point you start running out of opportunities. They're gonna start looking for, hey, who's who's the next guy? We gotta turn the page. This is the year for Jerry Judy. If Jerry Judy's gonna be a good player, certainly if he's gonna be a great player in Denver, it has to happen this year. If it doesn't He's going to be elsewhere before he ever gets a chance to blossom.
1: So if I'm drafting Broncos, James, honestly, outside of Russell Wilson, Jerry Judy might be my number one target. I might roll those dice again this year because, look, you know, like you just mentioned, if it, if it's not now, it's never. So this is a very important season for Jerry Judy and for the Denver Broncos. There's one more spot that we haven't discussed that did not get ranked as highly as i anticipated and it could spell trouble for denver we'll hit that also some more news on nazim kadri and this time it is very encouraging we'll get to all of it and more coming up next it's matt smith and james Merrillat in for chad and nate this morning on denver sports station 104.3 the fan it's chad and nate on Denver sports station 104.3 the fan Carlat in for chad and nate and right now on the johnson auto plaza hotline we're going to bring in our fans avalanche insider adrian dater who is brought to us courtesy of bud light and official beer sponsor of the colorado avalanche good morning ad it's been a busy 48 hours for us all but you have some interesting news you want to share it with everybody
0: well okay um I think things are more positive with Nazem Kadri coming back to the avalanche. That's my sort of news. I wrote, uh, I don't know, 20 minutes ago on my site. Um, uh, I just think overnight that Kadri, uh, has decided that he'd like to come back to the Avs after seeing the offers that he had. Um, not sure he was blown away enough by any of them to just say, well, I got to take that, you know, then then offer. I can't refuse. So, I think he's circling back to the abs, and the abs are seeing what uh, you know, what they can do to fit him in. Uh, I think it's going to have to be a trade of somebody. Uh, I think Sam Gerard most likely in to go, although you don't know he's a good defenseman, so those are difficult to part with. But um, I think potentially a what four through six D man that Gerard is now. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's as valuable as a second line center at 91 points for you this year. I just, I just don't. That's my personal opinion.
2: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm so, with you, AD. And I think we saw it in the postseason, right? When when Kadri was out, it was oh boy, how are they going to fill that void? And it was Sam Girard. Not that you know you want to see anybody go down, but the Abs didn't really miss a beat after he had the broken sternum. So um, I, I think if that's the trade off, that's one that you probably have to make, but. Uh, let's assume that they don't get something done. Then you have to fill that void. Any idea who that might be, or is it kind of Cadre or Bust at this
0: point? Well, no, I don't think it's Bust, but uh, I think you still may see a Gerard trade, though, even if Cadre doesn't come back, because I think Gerard is your best bargaining chip to get a good forward back. Uh, The problem with that is, of course, if you're going to get a good forward in, that's going to take up cap space, too. Right. Uh, But, but if you get rid of Gerard's salary, you know, you've got $9.6 million to spend right now. Um, if you get a nice forward at anything, you know, six or something, um, you're, 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 you're under the cap and you can still sign a, a couple other guys. I think Jack Johnson is a – I would say about 90% that chance of he'll re-sign with the Avs. I think he's just waiting for the dust to settle, too, on what's going on before he t- – comes back but uh and I, I know I know Jack wants to play a lot. Not a lot maybe but he wants to play. Like he doesn't want to just be a seventh and eight team man all year. Um, so
1: what happened what happened between the course of this morning and last night for Kadri? Is it kinda he saw the other offers and the market maybe dwindled because other teams added centers, A D?
0: Is that what happened do you think? I think so. I think some of that's true, yeah. Um maybe Naz wanted something like, you know, he thought he was gonna get, you know, seven years, it's $9 million a year or something like that. Uh, right. I don't know what he's got, been offered, so I can't sit here and say what it is, but it doesn't sound like he's got that kind of an offer. But who's to say, though, that you know things can't still change? Maybe a team ups their offer for Cadre. Maybe this is some kind of evil negotiating game done by sure. Cadre Camp and trying to up the up the leverage with other teams. That part, I don't know. I doubt it. I don't think... He's the type of guy who would operate like that. I think if he tells the Avalanche that he'd like to come back, then I think the have are going to try and make it happen. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't they have said already by now that now we're we're moving on? Uh, I think they yeah. usually would say that, and they didn't say that. They said, "Well, we'd like to be kept in the loop on Nas." Chris McFarland said that yesterday, so you know, I think if you put all these pieces together. I think there's a a, a good chance. I think Padre comes back. Um, well, that would be in, great he was a bunch. I think it was a long shot before, but I think overnight, I think he's thought it over, and I think you know, all things equal, he's going to get pretty close to the money. He can get somewhere else probably, and stay with a Stanley Cup team and be the number two center.
1: Sounds like music to my ears, AD. Thanks so much for the time this morning. I know you got to get back to it and get on those phones, so we'll right. let you go. That is Adrian yeah. Dater of ColoradoHockeyNow.com. Make sure you go to ColoradoHockeyNow.com, and you can follow AD at... A dater, he's got all the latest on the Nazem Kadri situation. Ad is always brought to us courtesy of Bud Light, an official beer sponsor of the Colorado Avalanche. So that James is great news right off the bat. I mean, if if we kind of, I kind of speculated on that right just a little bit earlier that maybe the market dwindled after some of these other players like Andrew Copp and Vincent Trocheck got signed to you know their respective teams, and now maybe the market's slimmer for Kadri, and maybe he's looking at a situation where, well, do I really want to be five years 8 million in Seattle when I could be five years, you know, or four years, 7 million in Colorado.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, AD talks about it of, you know, if he's going to get eight years at 9 million somewhere else, sure, you jump at that. And if you're the Avs, do you want to get into that type of a deal? Probably not because, you know, we talked about it earlier in the show. I do think the focus needs to be this coming season and, you know, probably the two or three after it, right? That's when you're truly in your championship window so no question. You know, if the last year or two of the deal is one that you look at, you know, if you get to what, twenty, twenty eight and you're kicking yourself on it, okay, fine, whatever. If you got two or three cups at that point, you can live with it. You don't want to get to a point though where you're regretting four years of a deal. That becomes a a, a bigger gamble. That becomes Chris Bryant territory. Yeah, and, and I think that's a mistake. So what do you mean, Chris Bryant territory? <laughs> He's hot as the sun, James. Yeah, four yeah, home a-
1: runs in five games, and right back to the paternity
2: list. I think to try to uh, to try to maximize your championship window, you'll you'll give up a couple of years at the end of it that you may regret. I think that's that's fair. I think half the contract regretting it. No, that's not, you know, being very um, – that, that's not your fiduciary responsibility as sure. a GM. So I, I, I would not have – I would not have been – I'd have been disappointed he wasn't back, but I wouldn't have been upset that they didn't match an eight-year, $9 million AAV. That would have been silly. But if right. you can get close, it's a four- or five-year deal, and it's, you know, seven-ish, eight-ish, whatever the the number comes out yeah. to be, then I think you need to do it. I think if you have to part ways with Sam Gerard to make that happen, I think that's fine. This is a team See you that- later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two or three years ago, Sam Girard looked like a oh man, he's a big part of this team. He's just not anymore. He's a nice piece to it, but he's not a vital piece to it. And we saw that in the postseason. Did they miss a beat when he was out? No, they got they
1: better defensively, James.
2: Right, right. And I know, yeah. I know how you feel about Sam Girard. Right, I, I like him. I think you know he's a guy that has tremendous speed and you know his ability to to make things happen with the with the puck. He's you know he's a fun player to watch but is he a vital piece to a championship team? No, he's not. And right. I do think Nacho Kadri is.
1: And he's been surpassed by better offensive defense Correct. on this team, you know, especially when you look at Bo Byron. So when you're when you're talking about a 5 million dollar number for a guy who's going to be on your third D pair, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Before no. we wrap up here, I kind of wanted to get back to the one Broncos um group that I felt like wasn't rated as highly as I anticipated and for fantasy reasons and I think that could be a problem the Broncos defensive unit comes in at 17th on ESPN's fantasy rankings James that concerns me because if they're the 17th defense that means they're probably not creating enough sacks and, and interceptions once again if the Broncos finishes the 17th ranked fantasy defense do you think they make the playoffs
2: no I do think they're going to be better than that in terms of fantasy defenses. I think they're going to get more sacks than they did under Vic Fangio. I think they're going to force more turnovers than they did under Vic Fangio. Uh, Vic was more than comfortable just letting teams stay out on the field forever and, you know, death by paper cut and just don't give up a big play and, hey, we'll lose 17-13, but the the numbers are going to look good. I think Idro Everett's going to have the opposite approach. I think it's going to be, listen, we're going to come after you, and you know what, we'll probably give up some big plays. But we got an offense now that can that can go make up for it. It's gonna be like Greg Robinson's defense was in the late nineties when this team won back to back championships of you know what, they're gonna blitz from everywhere. They don't have the edge rushers that they can just create pressure with four, they just don't. Um so I think they're gonna be an aggressive defense that comes after people and that's gonna cause some problems, but it's also gonna cause some turnovers. So I think this is based off what people saw the last couple of years under Vic Fangio, which it'll be different. And I think this is based off the fact of, look, if you look at their edge rushers right now, it's a little bit of a scary proposition. I mean, you know, Troy Rank had this story over the weekend, 9 News had it today, of can Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory combine for 20 sacks? So it's like, hey, if you got that on your training camp bingo card, you've right. got an early uh, a, a, an early you know bean that you can put on your cards because yeah, that space. story happens every year. If those two guys combine for 20 games, I'll be excited. Like 20 sacks, what are we talking about? So 20 games would be a, 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 an accomplishment for Bradley Chubb and, and Randy Gregory. Let's start there. So it's going to be pass rush by committee. It's going to be half the blitz from all over the place. But I do think they're going to put up better fantasy numbers because they're going to be much, much more aggressive. I agree.
1: So when we look back on fantasy players, Russell Wilson, Jerry Judy, and maybe Brandon McManus, right, if you're looking yeah. at target guys in the draft, those would be the three I'd go after. James, it was a lot of fun today, buddy. Thanks for uh, hopping on, and uh, hopefully we get to do it again
2: soon. I, I enjoyed it. It was a breeze, and uh, we didn't even argue that much. That's good.
1: Yeah, I maybe, maybe we'll find some time. I'll call it. you after the show, and we can get into it. That, that is James Merrillat. I'm Matt Smith in for Chad and Nate today. Orlando and Cecil are up
2: next. Hey, this is Nate Jackson. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com.